Hi, welcome to Intuition Your First Sense. This is Vicki. I'm your professional coach here to help you with intuition, coaching, life process, hopefully a little humor. And to answer any questions you have, feel free to email, message me, subscribe, leave a comment, all of those fun things that we do in our digital world. I'm happy to respond and if I don't know the answer, I will direct you in the best way I know how to connecting with someone who does. So this week, I thought we would take on the topic of truth. And I'm seeing, as I'm sure you are too, a lot of people grappling with this because it's so there's so much information going on so much misinformation happening and people stepping forth with what their version of truth is and I thought you know what let's just take a look at this to the best of my ability and what I've learned through decades of coaching and through the intuitive part as well as the metaphysical and the connection to the energy field and all of that. So stick around and we will discuss truth and speaking your truth, hearing your truth and discerning what is truth. It's going to be a big episode. I'm going to cram it all into a short period of time, hopefully. So come on back. Did you know that most people work with me as a coach because they want to move forward in their professional lives? And then they realize once we start working together that it's a whole person approach and I am going to help them move through their blocks, their fears, some of the trauma they've experienced and to create a much more aligned life. So many times I hear, this is not what I thought I was signing up for. And that's such wonderful feedback to have because if you're signing up and working with a coach and everybody does it the same, are you really being seen as an individual? At Vicki Baird Coaching, I do it all as an individual and I would love to work with you. Go to VickiBaird.com to check it out and see if you'd like to work with me. Thank you for coming back. This is a topic that can really take up probably 10 episodes. I thought I'd dip my toe in and address some of what I'm hearing lately and seeing, and then hopefully help, like I said earlier, to... You know, sometimes I just want to poke a little bit. Sometimes I just want to inspire people to ask these questions of themselves. And what is my truth? And do I I know where I put it? You know, if that's the outcome of any episode, I am thrilled with that. That there is more self-reflection or questioning, observation. So truth by definition is that which is true or in accordance with fact or reality. All right. According to the dictionary, anyway, that's the definition we have to go by. And the, the, the challenge I have with that is that we all have a different perspective of reality or what is the, what are the facts. So of course, and my English teacher would have been so mad at me to use the word true in truth Oh, he would have yelled, my 10th grade English teacher. So I appreciate that. However, there 
is enough desire within us, I believe, as a soul coming in to seek truth, to seek honesty, to line up with what is our, and this phrase is so overused, but is very pertinent, authentic self. And the reason I think it's it's overused is because I authenticity needs to be addressed constantly. I feel like it always needs to be looked at and challenged and questioned in a loving way, in a curious way to see, do I feel authentic about that? Maybe my opinion has changed. So I don't think we can arrive in an authentic self and then stagnate. I just think that that would be a waste of time spent here Um, and more fun because what if you found out that you authentically did not like broccoli? I personally just ate a whole head for my lunch because there's culinary um, mastery going on over here today. (laughs) Uh, But what if you found out your authentic self from yesterday is different from your authentic self of today because you were willing to admit, you know what? I just don't like that funny feeling vegetable. I love it. So my authentic self will likely keep broccoli around for a very long time. But we all have a different truth and it's contributed largely by not only the information we bring through as a soul and coming into this lifetime, but also our parents, society, teachers, uh, peers, reading, exploration, all of that is going to contribute to your truth. It's a big word. And when people say to me, I want to learn how to speak my truth, I, we often dissect it because if you don't know your truth, how are you going to speak it? And I'm going to talk about some of that today too. So some of the constructs that may have come about, you know, have their own categories. You may have been taught something about race, sexuality, um, compassion, people in the mental health uh, experiences, uh, metaphysical, religious, all, all the pieces of the trivial pursuit pie that don't reflect biologically alone. You know, they're, they're part of the environment you grew up in, certainly, but then it gets added to. And what I think is so wonderful is that some of what might have been truth in the past can be shifted and we can actually change up our programming in our brains, in our hearts, in in all of us to be able to question what is my truth. I mean, this is part of growing up, being part of being a teenager and being uh, aware that our parents' truth are may not be our truths and that's okay. And people I feel like are having a lot of difficulty with that because of the misinformation that are out there, but we're also being asked to look at on a metaphysical level by the experience of uh, the conflict that's out there in the world right now, we are being asked to figure out what the heck is our truth. What matters to you? what matters to another person. And I hope that we're able to hear others' truths with compassion uh, and still know what ours are. 
there's so much information and we can't possibly process it process it all however it's our obligation as a human i feel to explore some of those bites that are coming to us the information that's coming to us and one of the one of the directions i take towards any kind of news or information is i observe i have enough and i take in enough to be educated without being consumed by it so my truth is somewhere in the lighter side of paying attention to everything that's going on because it'll fry your motherboard in the metaphysical world we talk about speaking our truth and that it being related to the throat chakra. So if you're like myself and you have a thyroid condition, you probably have heard somewhere along the line, where are you not speaking your truth? There is some, bad pun coming here, truth to that, definitely, because I've seen my numbers shift when I am speaking and when I am communicating what lines up with me and what I feel to be my truth of that decade. There is some truth to that. However, I also believe that the throat chakra is about hearing ourselves and being willing to listen to that which is guiding us, be it our soul selves, our guides, angels, spirit, God, whatever is guiding, being willing to hear that. And that can be very challenging because number one, you got to slow down long enough to be able to hear that. You have to be willing to hear what if it's something that doesn't line up with what you believe your truth to be and you have to shift your perspective on something. Well, that is a benefit we get of being human. So take it and be willing to say, well, that's not what I believed last week. I have new information I think this is what I believe this week and then practice with it and see if it resonates, see if it lines up. But actually speaking your truth, I think we have to differentiate between what is quote unquote my truth and what is the truth. So there's different um, levels of speaking of this. And there's a lot of it going on right now with the protesting and the Black Lives Matter and the civil rights groups and climate change and Me Too. And I'm so, so excited about this because while each person may not be speaking their truth, you know, I don't have a, an experience of growing up as a person of color. I don't. It would be rude of me to assimilate that. Um, however, so I don't, that's not my truth, but I can represent and speak to the truth. I can speak to the collective experience that I see happening right in front of my face and that I know to be accurate. So back to the description of it, I know it to be a fact or a reality because I have witnessed some of this and um, I got a big mouth. I do speak up, but the truth may not be what my truth is. And sometimes people get that really confused that the truth of a group may not be my truth. My truth may be that 
I feel like I want to contribute to this and I want to be a part of it and I want to be, you know, an effector of change. But it, it's important to not get pulled into the message of what a collective truth might be and misconstrue it as your truth. So they both exist. And the, the ability to see that I don't have to engage in that truth over there, it might be a truth, but I don't have to engage in it because my truth does not line me up with it. So... And a lot of the times I think it gets very confusing because people, and I've had people do this to me, it's their opinion. And they'll say, Vicki, I'm just speaking my truth. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're giving me an opinion, which you're welcome to. Um, But are you really giving me your truth? If you were giving me your truth, you would be speaking of how it affects you personally what your feelings were, not just what you want me to do differently. So if you're quote unquote speaking your truth because you're trying to manipulate a situation, that's an opinion, hun. That's not your truth. We all have opinions. We have have lots of them. Um, People are willing to share. Have you noticed? Um, But they're not, and our opinions aren't facts. They aren't actual facts. They're how we feel about a situation and there's nothing wrong with having an opinion or even expressing an opinion if you do it in a constructive way or and you know it's your opinion it's not necessarily your truth because um, sometimes our opinions have that judgment with it and it usually has a vibration of righteousness like I am right and those who think anything else are wrong when there's so much room in between for it. So our truth, it just runs deeper than your opinion. Truth is how we feel and what is real for, for us. It's not about being right. Um, it is about expressing. It is about communicating what you feel in an, again, authentic, but also vulnerable and transparent way. I may have an opinion that you're ignorant on what others are going through. And I have had this opinion lately and I have had to look at it and not share in recognizing that's my opinion and it probably wasn't going to help. I have witnessed this. Um, I may have heard in a specific situation, I may have heard someone say derogatory statements that helped me form that opinion or I may have read them because I've read a lot of them lately. I love that unfriend, unfollow on social media and then carry it through in life. If there's someone related to you, you have to be willing to follow through or I wouldn't be speaking my truth. So if I've heard or seen derogatory statements that help me form an opinion, that's fine. It helps me look at who do I want to communicate with and who I don't. But my opinion is not my truth. My truth is actually in this scenario that maybe I've been feeling bad about myself for not speaking up earlier. I saw some of these behaviors and I didn't speak up. I chose to let it go or ignore it. Um, So my truth may be that I'm now aware I was complicit. I was even encouraging the behavior through my non-action. 
So I have to face my true feelings and step up because my commitment to my truth is to my heart and to my soul and not to another being and perpetuating the behavior um, and especially if it sparks an opinion. And some people will stand on this. They'll be like, but that's my truth and I know it and I'm right and nah, you're not right for someone else. You could be right for yourself, but you know, none of us have the, well, the right to judge others. You simply have to decide what is in your best interest. You can be a teacher. You can be an educator of kindness, of empathy, of community, of equality. Um, but so how do you, how do you decide what your truth is? I'm so glad you asked that. You're so smart. You start with the observation. Like what brings your attention, what grabs your attention rather, and what lights you up? What makes you laugh? So I am a goofball by nature. I love silliness. The sillier, the better. And I feel like part of my truth is to bring (laughs) levity to this world and to help people lighten up about their soul process and about their human process. So I, I very much pay attention to the things that bring that to me so that I can continue to carry that and to support it as part of my truth. In the same token, we have to pay attention to what doesn't light you up. So in, as the example I gave earlier, that I saw this behavior before of uh, racism, to be truthful, and it was, um, I'd get a pit in my stomach, but because it wasn't overtly happening to someone in the group at the time, um, I didn't say anything about it. I just let it go as ignorance and that's not okay. So by identifying that, and I had been grappling with this before the upheaval that came around now and this, the, but the, um, George Floyd and Amar and it, it just all pushed it, Breonna Taylor, it just all pushed it right in my face. And I'm grateful because then I'm able to identify what is out of alignment with my truth and have to, you know, basically screw up some courage and have uh, say what I need to say at least to speak of how I won't participate in that. I'm not responsible for other adults, nor are you. So we have to stop feeling responsible for other people's feelings. It's actually pretty arrogant, a little bit ridiculous, to think that we have the power to manage other people's emotions. Um, It's even manipulative in some levels. Um, it, we don't have the say about other people's emotions. I often say this to parents who have those 18, 19, 20 year olds. And when I'm encouraging them to, you know, you got to let this young person explore the world. They have to face consequences. That's how we learn. And you've got to back up. You're not responsible for someone else's experience. And I almost every coaching session, there's rarely a client who I'm not discussing this with. So I know it's pervasive. It's why it's at the top of the list of connecting with your truth is to honor the other person. 
And that's the, uh, that's the avenue that I often take is first I'll point out that that's not possible and it's manipulative. Um, but once you're aware of it and mindful about how other people, um, that you're not responsible for how they feel, it also takes that burden off your shoulders. And I think we can honor and respect the other being to act on their own accord. Um, and we have to be mindful of other people and how they might feel so we don't act up, end up acting like a jerk because we are speaking our truth. Um, but when we let go of that taking care of others in that somewhat condescending way, it frees both of you and to have grown-up adult conversations. And yes, they get sticky. They get tense whenever there's a... Clearing that needs to happen as far as uh, speaking a truth, um, like in the episode before this one where I had a conversation, it didn't land well, and I eventually had to be so proud of myself for speaking my truth because it wasn't my responsibility to make sure it was heard. I just needed to do it for myself and do it kindly. And however they received it, that wasn't on me. Um, so allowing other people to really be in charge of their own responses. Um, and it's knowing your truth, speaking your truth, hearing your truth, communicating your truth. It's about being real. It's not about being right. And this is pretty huge when it comes to speaking your truth. Because if you focus on winning or being right, you can't access the deepest places within your heart and soul because you're up in head, you're up in your ego. And real truth comes from within our heart center, within our feeling spaces. So when you let go of the attachment to the outcome of a conversation, you let go of what the other person thinks and our somewhat erroneous obsession with always having to be right or to be thought of, because that's the other level we want. We think everybody's thinking about us when they're really worrying about other people thinking about them. Um, you give yourself the opportunity to be real, to be vulnerable, to be transparent, um, to listening and not dominating the conversation or the person that you're communicating with. Um, it takes a lot of practice. Just like anything and everything else in this thing we call life, it takes practice. And the best way I feel for us to get better, to deepen our capacity of love and to grow is to practice. So what you know I'm talking about here is not about role-playing or... Um, putting on a different character, although if you need to bring up some courage in order to do that, to have a courageous conversation, then go for it. But make sure you stay connected to who you are and what you're speaking up about and how you're stepping out into your life in that authenticity. Um, it's going to get messed up at times. It has to, again, going back to the 18, 19-year-old, we have to allow them to figure things out, to make some 
missed takes so they can take two. Um, Things will get said that are perhaps taken wrong or maybe you they came out different than your head was thinking it's going to happen people may get upset they may get defensive um they may like in my case with the difficult conversation they may completely negate what you even said and turn it back on you to be the one who needs to change it's possible absolutely it's not a it's not a perfect process nothing is but it's about being yourself and speaking with sincerity and i used to say to my daughter when she was little i used to ask her who she had to answer to and you know this 6 year old figured out that i was talking about herself after she listed a few of us but she figured out that i was really talking about herself when she put her head down on that pillow at night she had to answer to herself and and how she felt she did that day and it wasn't because i was encouraging or trying to have her be so perfect i was actually hoping to instill some compassion but also a little bit of love towards herself that okay well if that didn't go the way I thought it was (laughs) I wanted it to today tomorrow I get another opportunity so um, I'm I'm a direct personality I feel like let's just get to the core of the issue and and have that um, difficult conversation it's one of the reasons that my coaching practice works so well is I don't dance around and take years to get to what might be, it might not be the best business model, but it works because people know I'm being authentic. And I've had to practice hearing and not speaking because part of speaking your truth is hearing what the truth may be and assessing if this is the best time to speak about it or is it going to enhance the situation. So having empathy and compassion with yourself and others as you practice this is huge. And that's what I was trying to convey to Kayla when she was younger. I didn't have this clear of an understanding of it. I was just trying to help a little one not carry the weight of the world the way she did. But this is, I realize now, what I was trying to instill in her so she didn't have to back out of it and relearn it when she was in her 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond. It's it's not easy to have compassion with ourselves. Um, And even for those of you who have been working on this to expand your capacity to speak and have experiences of doing it in a powerful way, each situation is is new and different and requires a different level of pulling, you know, from within yourself. Just because a conversation with um, clients is so, so, I won't say easy, but practiced and it goes, it's a flow now, it, that doesn't mean a conversation with a loved one or my partner is all that easy either. I have to remind myself that they're different circumstances and the level of vulnerability is much different. So being kind and compassionate with yourself is incredibly important that 
you know, if you're here sucking oxygen, you're here to learn. And these are part of the things you're here to learn. Stop being so tough on yourself. You're really doing a great job. You really are. So how about letting that in as part of the truth? It can be scary. Um, You know, your heart races. You might shake. Inevitably, your voice will quiver. That's part of being real and being vulnerable. I often... People who come in for coaching because I do a lot of executive work with a lot of executives are very surprised that there are tears that come up in sessions and they thought they were coming in for some kind of, you know, rah, rah, sis, boom, bah, go out there, here are your 12 goals, report back to me next week. Mm-mm. I'm here to help you be a whole person. And vulnerability is part of that. And it may not be every session, but being able to connect with that is just so lovely. And it's part of hearing and speaking and being in your truth, not just the verb. Well, I guess that's still a verb. But if you take a deep breath, just like anything, go back to the breath when it gets tough. You you dig down for the courage that you have within. You know, maybe you did a rugged maniac before, or maybe you got up in front of your class and you gave a talk. Maybe you asked for a raise. Maybe you asked that person to marry you. You have courage. Find it. Um, And be willing to allow it to power whatever your truth is. When, When we allow ourselves, I'm going to make this about you. When you allow yourself to be truthful, vulnerable, transparent, the relationships in your life literally will transform. Because being clear is kind. And we need to be clear and we need to be kind. That's not to say that some people aren't going to leave your life. They likely will. Because either they don't want to engage in the conversation at all. They don't want to do the emotional work, both many other factors. Maybe there's a level of emotional intelligence that just isn't accessible to the person that you would like it to be accessible in. This goes back to the part about, you know, don't be responsible for other people's emotions. Well, don't be responsible for their growth either. Some people are going to opt to coast in this lifetime. They're just going to decide that they don't want to expand and they don't want to grow because it does involve some heavy lifting sometimes. I used to avoid the word, this is work, because people say, I'm doing my work, I'm doing my work. I'm, you know, here's a, here's a perfect example of my truth changing. I used to think, no, let's let this be play. But you know what? There's some work to this. And we should be freaking proud of ourselves for being willing to do the work, for being willing to say, this scares me. And in all likelihood, someone is not going to want to be by law of averages in my world. But you know what? The ones who are brave and the ones who are not coasting and, and the ones who are curious, willing to expand with you, um, they'll show up. I promise you they will. So, and that's not judgment on other people. It's simply where they are as part of their soul's process and their human willingness. And 
you know, we can't force that. I think it's an act of compassion to be able to say, I see where you are, I'm sad, um, and yet I need to move forward. Before Howard passed, I said to him, you know, this is you opting out, isn't it? Because he knew it was about to hit the fan in our house. And, I, you know, as much as I loved and still do love him, he was a coaster. And not the kind that are on the table next to your, I don't have his ashes and that kind of thing. He was someone who was willing to coast. And I, that's just not okay with me. And it wasn't at the time. And I remember saying to him, you are opting for non-physical life as a way to not do the work here. And he, in his very cheeky way, said, yep. Now, I hope you can hear the smile in my voice because even at the time I laughed and said, this is so you. And because it was truth. We were both speaking our truth. I wasn't judging him for it. He didn't feel judged. He actually felt pretty damn proud of himself, <laughs> like he found a loophole or something. And I had to honor that. I had to respect the fact that he just didn't want to do it. And that's okay. I don't get it because I'm so incredibly nosy and curious. But I'd like to think that the work we did together helped his soul <laughs> advance to the level that he felt he was good with. So... And that's being clear, you know, I was calling it, I was going to have the conversation, but I was also kind in it because I, he was already scared and hurting, you know, the crossing process is, uh, although a beautiful thing is a little challenging for our non-physical bodies to process. Um, <laughs> but it allowed us to really send that party off well. So being, if I hadn't practiced all those other smaller conversations, I don't know that I would have had the courage to have that with him at such a time. I probably would have erred to the side of, I don't want to burden him. And yet I think it's so important to have these conversations, especially if someone's body is completing because the courageous conversations you have then can allow the person to be in their truth and to have a much more graceful transition. So part of this is also being willing to be quiet. And that's what I said earlier about hearing our truth, speaking our truth, all comes, feeling our truth comes from the heart space. So you have to be quiet for that to happen. There's just too much noise going on. And I can understand that the head is noisy and that it's talking to you and that that might be a complete distraction. But that's a practice too. Keep practicing. This is, it goes along with the um, also not being right. There's a different way to be quiet. There's the shut your face quiet. <laughs> so you meet the people where they are and you still share what you feel like you need to share, but sometimes you just zip your lips. If it's not going to contribute to the situation, if it's not going to elevate the learning, then it's just as um, important to be quiet there as well. 
So just, uh, speaking your truth does not justify being mean. It doesn't justify just getting something off your chest. Um, and it, it, and it takes a certain responsibility where, because you're not just regurgitating what you've heard in the news, in society, like do your stinking research and know what your truth is. Um, it's about connecting so well with self and knowing yourself so much that hearing your truth also means you don't have to say it. So, um, the important aspect of this is to practice. I hope you hear that. If you can honestly say in a conversation that where you were speaking, what you knew to be true for you, that you did not intend harm and that you communicated respectfully, then be good with yourself and perhaps let those people go. Let them be complete um, in your life. It may be a gift that you're giving both of you. I, it, one thing I do not understand is forcing relationships. While I don't believe life is short and this is not our only life, I do believe in every moment being intentional. And that includes intentionally watching TV, intentionally eating ice cream, intentionally communicating with what is your truth. So I have a call to action for you. Take some time to be quiet, but also to notice when you aren't speaking up, even though the thought is there. This might show up with elders in your life. It might show up with parents, with a boss, um, someone that at some point had authoritative energy, um, someone who maybe uses their own relationship practices of manipulation to say they're going to, in, or you know, intimate that they're going to leave your life if you speak up, if you say your truth. Um, so take some time and really be an observation of that. And then the next step would be observe if the thought that's coming through is because you just want to be right or you just want to say something, like you want to be part of the conversation. Um, or is it because you do feel or see a different path than the person you're communicating with? Um, and if that will contribute and enhance the conversation as well as support self, then practice, say something, be kind about it, but contribute. You may say, uh, you know, a, a lead in might be what I was feeling. This is what I'm thinking. Um, what I heard here is, and this is what I'm feeling. Um, if you keep it in the I place, not to be self-centered, but to communicate, this is coming from what I know of all my senses and my intelligence, then you are speaking in truth. I hope for you and I, well, I know for you, I know this is incredibly possible and yet it does take some intention and some work. And it takes, I asked someone this morning how she would like her life to look 
And she had never even considered that. No one asked her the question. That's a very valid, I don't know. That's a very valid place to say, I don't even know what my truth is. But by asking and by observing, you'll be able to identify it. So be kind to yourself if you don't know where you stand on a certain situation or how you feel about life or what you would like to have. It's okay. Ask the questions. You have to be willing to invest in yourself and in your own truth for it to be available. So I truly appreciate you and I will see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to Intuition, Your First Sense. As always, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it. Leave a review and take a minute to share it with a friend. You can find me all across social media at, at Coach Vicki Baird, and you can book a virtual session with me from wherever you are in the world at VickiBaird.com slash booking. That's V-I-C-K-I-B-A-I-R-D dot com slash booking. Thank you again and see you on the next episode.